The title of the Dharma talk this morning is The Laminations. The Laminations. Something is here and we laminate something over it. So the basic thing that, that what I'm endeavoring to point to there is whatever we're experiencing, whatever is happening, whether it's out here, whether it's inside in our mind, uh, we, we always have to fuss with it somehow. have to meddle with everything that happens in our mind. So we, you could say, just another metaphor, we laminate something onto it so that we actually cover up the very thing that was appearing. The very, you could say, relative truth of the situation to begin with, we cover it up with an idea, opinion. The whole world is doing this, so it's not like we're the only ones. We're probably some of the few people that are actually looking at something like this. And it is not about stopping that. It's not about controlling something or laminating something on top of the laminations, like I shouldn't laminate or I shouldn't make up stuff. Or So it's always about awareness. If uh, I'm not saying there are other ways of teaching meditation or Buddhism. There are lots of them. The way I talk about it and what I encourage each person who's sitting down, holding still and observing what's happening is to do as little as possible other than hold still. Uh, anything that's happening in the, in the mind stream, don't fuss with it. That takes a while because quite often what happens the first two months, two years, two decades could be different for everyone is we begin, we see how much we keep fussing with everything like that. I don't want to feel that way. I don't want to be that kind of a person. Haha. You need to be who you are. You need to be genuine. This doesn't mean that if you feel like killing somebody, you should kill them. But to take that extreme example, if you feel like that, please don't shut down on that feeling. If you have a feeling like doing something really bad, don't, don't do it. But don't try to stop the feeling because that's dangerous. Conventional psychology would call that repression or something like that. We call it similar, ignorance, or ignoring or deliberately shoving something. We call it aggression. You start to be aggress aggressive with whatever is arising in your mind. You just start warfare, little tiny skirmishes everywhere. And then the causes and conditions that are arising as your particular lifetime get more and more complicated. So this is why I feel like I'm giving the same talk over and over again. Some of you listen been listening to me for years would probably agree. Yeah, it's the same thing. Here comes the same nose blow. A little different. <clears throat> so what we do with that is we observe that. Just watch the way you keep objecting to who you are. When I say who you are, I'm not saying that the, the intense uh, anger or aggression against someone, I'm not saying that's who you are. But that's what's showing up as your mind at that time. Don't argue with that. I'm not saying you shouldn't add, you might, that you couldn't add on something like, I don't like to feel that way. But then be aware that that's an addition, not necessarily the truth. Relative truth, ultimate truth. That's the two truths in Buddhism. It's called relative, plus and minus, up and down, back and forth. 
true and untrue, life and death, any polarity, anything that has an opposite, and of course anything it is has an opposite. You notice that? Like there's coffee and then the opposite of coffee. Are you way ahead of me here? It's more coffee. I think. Doesn't that work? So it is not about controlling. It's a, It might be about seeing how much you want to control. It might be about you're sitting, maybe in the sitting situation, maybe you've been sitting for uh, three days, three months, three years, or three of anything. You're sitting. That may be really strong uh, when you start out, and it may slowly fade. It may not be there at all, and it may be the more you sit, you might feel like you're getting worse when actually you're beginning to see the very things you've been hiding out from. It is very much about not about becoming a Buddhist. Uh, these te teachings come from 2,500 years ago and are, I'm, I'm a Buddhist monk. Uh, the people that I learned from were monks. Uh, I don't think it's necessary to, uh, to uh, be a monk or to even uh, call yourself a Buddhist. <laughs> Excuse me. I would say that's your business. With the way our culture is, the way... Uh, my t I have a teacher who came from Japan, another one came from Tibet. I'm kind of, a, kind of a hybrid, and I'm not going to ignore the society that we're in at all. I'm going to, as much as I can, include. So this is kind of growing itself. I don't know how this is going to show up. But it's not exactly a lineage coming from, it's not exactly Zen Buddhism. It's not exactly Tibetan Buddhism. I don't know what it is. I don't give it a name. I haven't yet anyway. I probably will. But live long enough. So, how do we work with the, the idea of the lamination? It's the idea of it's about watching that, just watching that, and not particularly uh, doing anything other than just just watch the way something occurs, and we think something about it. I like that. I like what he said. I like what she said. Not about stopping it. If we do that, then we start to get selective about some things we can stop and some things we don't. So we're creating another whirlwind, another spinning. It's called samsara, the spinning. Don't spin. And how do you do that? You first have to see that you're spinning. All kinds of cycles are going on. <clears throat> All kinds of... Uh, states of mind. There's a dreaming state. There's the awake state. There's the sleeping without any dreaming. There's the life and death state called bardos or intermediate state. There's these spaces between striking the bell, holding still, striking the bell again. Meditation. What happens in that situation is different with everyone. Some people, it's not much is going on. Other people, it's extremely crowded with ideas, opinions, thoughts, hopes, fears, don't interfere with it. You have to know that. Make friends with yourself as it appears in, in the form of thought patterns. If you can make friends with this, you won't have an enemy anywhere because all of your enemies are projections anyway. And it's not that somebody out there isn't being an ass, of course. But, but that's their dynamic. It's their particular suffering that they, they don't know how else to... People, people, you notice when people blame you, or maybe when you might see it in yourself, when you blame someone, even if it's accurate, they really did step on your foot or cut through your uh, uh, garden with their uh, snowmobile. No matter what happened, 
there is a cause and effect. They did that and that, but but you're not, if you don't really see what that is, then you don't see deep enough into all the causes and conditions like the person that even invented the snowmobile. And I'm being silly a little bit, but I'm saying the causes and conditions, you can't find the first cause for anything, especially this or this. Can't find first cause. Take a look, see if you can. So it's not about not seeing that this happened and caused that. Of course, we see that. But to add on to that, somehow, if you can get behind it, you can stop it. Misunderstanding. So when something arises that's difficult, instead of just feeling the texture of that, not easy to do. Without some kind of mind training, it's very difficult to have a, a difficult emotion. Do nothing with it. Don't blame anyone. Don't blame yourself. Don't, uh, even though there is a, probably some kind of a cause, don't go there. Stay with what is right in front of you at any given time. The feeling that the ego will have at that time is you don't know what it is. And ego does not like not knowing what things are. It wants to know what's the relationship? Who did this? Who caused it? Is there some way I can stop it? Uh, this shouldn't be happening to me. If it's happening, <laughs> I don't know why they invented noses. <laughs> Bothersome devices. If it's happening to you, then it's cause and effect is brought it into your milieu and you, it's your experience. Don't reject it. Don't accept it. Don't add on anything. Like, well, I, I should just go ahead and feel this way. Don't do that. Don't do anything with it. And if you do spontaneously start to push or pull or blame, then just be aware of that. Back up a quarter of an inch. Anything that's occurring, see if you can get a little bit of, of distance from that. Don't run away, but just back up just slightly. This is this metaphor that I used earlier. Back up a little bit and see if you can see, a, 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 as they say, a bigger picture of that. Anytime you blame or anytime you credit, this is a misunderstanding. Nobody gets credit for anything. Nobody gets to blame for anything. It's not that some people shouldn't be set aside, uh, boxed off, and maybe fed. But prisons are ridiculous. It's just a terrible thing to do to human beings who are confused and are taking out that confusion on others. And I'm not here to get political about it any more than uh, I don't have a motivation to do that. Let's put it that way. But it, it can't help but arise because it's such a painful thing to watch. So what we're trying to do is we're trying to see as deeply as we can into the uh, go towards what the cause is, but do it by way of the effect. So you're going to look at the effect as it is. Don't, no guesswork. When someone says, I need to figure this out, this is the very nature of confusion. You can't figure out confusion. If you do that, then you'll have a, a more shallow level of understanding, which which is why we have laws and why people don't basically respect and, and love each other and care for each other and look out for others' welfare because they separate themselves from the world. And I'm over here. You know, I got mine. Good luck. We don't take care of people. We don't take care of ourselves in the form of other people. Not easy, especially when there's thousands of years of warfare and fighting.
So go to the, go and look at the warfare that's here. It's like the poet Kabir said a couple centuries ago. Uh, if inside you, you have a loaded gun, how can you have God? Unload the gun. But first you have to find it. You have to see that you have that loaded gun. You have to see that you have the aggression that's down here, a big knot just above your uh, second rib or wherever it may be. And it seems that you, if you see it, you really don't have to do anything with it, that it just unloads because you're, because there's no conflict. You just see the, you see a really, what's called a really, you just see that you're not separate from anything and that, and there's just no, there, there's no, there's no backup to it. The cause and effect just starts to turn into Kool-Aid. No, not that kind. <laughs> Sorry. I don't know where that came from. Let's call it y'all. So you see the conflict, you see the confusion, and it's just it's just like seeing something that's useless. There's no, you just, uh, the fuel lines, you don't even have to cut the fuel lines that fuel that kind of aggression. They just snap because there's no, no motivation. There's just a deep understanding. Something that actually resonates with the, the fancy, what the fancy word points to of wisdom. You see the ultimate nature. You actually see it, you as a human being. It is your birthright to see this. And religions uh, all over are trying to do this in their, all in their own way. Those who are the founders are inspired and want people to see this. So they have different ways. It comes filtered through different kinds of cultural structures. Not wrong, not right, not, we're not going there. But this particular one is non-theistic. So therefore, it's a little bit cleaner, you could say. Not by way of judging, but just less stuff. Although the Tibetans did their best to... Make it more confusing. <clears throat> if you have questions, I'd be happy to respond. Tayo? Um, you said um, don't spin. Um, and then you said first see that you are spinning. So after you see that you're spinning, how do you not spin while enforcing some kind of control? If you're enforcing control, you haven't looked at the spinning. You've looked at your idea of spinning. It's called a concept. You've jumped away from the actual experience. I'm not saying you didn't experience it for uh, three quarters of a second, but you immediately jumped into control. You panicked, you backed up, and you went into your self-centeredness of it. I don't like that. So it's a it's a it's a very very subtle form of selfishness. You're very selfish. Have you? I like to mock you as much as I can. <laughs> I think it's helpful to you. Um, there's obvious spinning that I can see. Yes. Um, but it's the spinning that I'm having difficulty seeing that um, I keep trying to control. I think addiction is a good example. That just watch it. Just, just look at it. No, no expectation outside. Don't look for results. If you, if you really have what we would refer to as a result, you won't know it. You won't even care if you have results. Your wisdom mind uh, is uh, by really thoroughly seeing who this is and what this is. You're not concerned with real results anymore. That's a that's a setup. That's what the ego mind uses to try to squeeze some kind of. Uh, control mentality. 
Go ahead. Um, so how are forms different than um, uh, creating a situation in which control is... Um, how, how are uh, forms different than self-control? You mean the forms uh, of sitting down, holding still, and watching? Or? Um, Chaining the sutras? Or? Yeah, or even like even the forms in the monastery where we're limiting, you know, um, outside influences. Because they're not, you don't have to obey them. They're not right and wrong forms. They're here's the form. You're sincere. You want to train your mind. Here's the form. If you want to, if you live at the monastery, then you've agreed to follow the form. If you don't, if you don't want to follow the form, then leave the monastery. Go back home or, you know, simply put. But even if you're there and you, you know, you get sick, it's always situational. You get sick, of course you can't do that. And, and the way a person uh, observes or follows forms is going to be different than the other person. So there's no, uh, no correcting. I mean, people do tend to correct each other, and that's a, that's a misunderstanding of what forms are. If you think there's a right way to do forms and a wrong way to do forms, that's a misunderstanding, usually based on some kind of subtle uh, self-centeredness that thinks there's a right and a wrong. There is not a right and a wrong. That's, that's imagined or imputed. That does not work. Go ahead. Um, when we're having difficulty with something like addiction, um, uh, would it be helpful to implement some kind of personal form in which to support our practice? We've talked about that, and I say set up a set up a form. Uh, I'm, you know, there's different ways of doing that. Depending on the, you could just set it up so you're just not going to do that anymore. That's one of them. The other one is you're only going to do it on Friday. We've talked about that a little bit, and then and then watch how you can't do that, or watch how you can do that. Plus, the, the doing it or not doing it is beside the point as far as being right or wrong. It's just about awareness. If you stay with that, stay with the, stay with the sky and not with the clouds. The sky doesn't do anything. The cloud, clouds have all kinds of personality, all kinds of big clouds, little clouds, puffy clouds, dark clouds, lightning, rain, sunshine coming over the top of the clouds or coming through the clouds or bouncing off the clouds, sunlit cloud. <laughs> or? What about the sun? What about it? Well, in the sky, but where's the sun at? In the middle of your heart. How do we find it? Stop looking for it. Okay. Regarding the spinning um, out of control uh, and uh, trying to not enforce control, but is my understanding that we're trying to not enforce control upon the spinning? Um, but what about uh, an intention when we notice that that spinning is causing so much suffering for ourselves and other people? Mm -hmm. um, What's the difference between enforcing control and just really uh, uh, following an intention to have have a different uh, to handle something more skillfully by acknowledging the spinning and moving in a different way? It's possible to do that, but quite often what happens is we we don't go deep enough into the spinning because it's too embarrassing. 
So we'll bat, we'll get in far enough just to get a conceptual understanding of it, and we immediately want to put that into action because it's functioning out of an opinion rather than out of clarity. Clarity doesn't have opinions. Clarity doesn't has no extension in time and space, and there's no one who's clear. If there's someone who's clear, we're going to move into opinions, and we're going to start to try to control ourselves and other people. Probably won't make that noise. Might be close to it. We'll continue to spin and think it's a straight line for a while, about three or four uh, loops, loop-de-loops, and, we're, and then we start to think, I'm right back where I started before. I still uh, have the addiction or the lack of control, or I'm still back at it. So, there, and there, another thing, just to add this on, there's something you're not going to be able to get the conventional or idea of control. It's just not going to happen because the causes and conditions are so buried and are so uh, ingrained in, in this particular manifestation, this human being that I'm talking to or the one who's talking uh, is, is so ingrained that, that you just need to relax, be genuine, be a mess. I mean, you know, I don't know how else to say it other than just, I'm not saying congratulate yourself, uh, but, but be, be with the negativity that you're, that comes into your, your mind stream. And, and I don't know if you can do this without a, without an awareness practice, because it will tend to spin on a, on a different level and could take you into some really dangerous territory, which you might be better off trying to control. But if you're if you're practicing uh, uh, mind training, if you're doing this kind of sitting down, holding still, not doing anything but watching what's happening, then that same kind of um, um, it's not exactly objectivity, but it's a. Uh, like less jumping to conclusions about something, which is a way of talking about objectivity. Instead of immediately jumping to a conclusion about anything, just let it be what it is. Because if you do nothing with it, it's probably going to change. And then it'll change again. And then it changes again. Which to ego is confusing because it wants it to lock down so we know how to control it. More? I don't, I don't know if you literally meant you said um, about creating a form. If you notice something, you create a form to, you could. like, I'm going to just stop doing that. Was that, was that literal or was that? Yeah, yeah, it could be. But it needs to come out of your awareness, not this old man. You need to find that. I, I've already set up uh, forms uh, at the monastery. People come in and they, they want to use that form. Uh, this is a particular form. You come in and you want to use this form. So... You come in and you, you participate in it. You might stay. You might leave. You might do the form uh, that's uh, you know is uh, very precise and accurate according to how you think or how someone else thinks, or you might not. So we do the best we can to sit down, hold still, and observe. That's meditation instruction the way I teach it. Of course, I can elaborate on that. Or you might set up a form like um, if you're having difficulty with something like addiction, you might find a way to, you know, image that comes up to sneak up on it. Don't give it any warning. Just, you know, I'm going to, uh, you know, from uh, Friday afternoon until uh, noon the next day, I'm not, I'm not doing anything. I'm not doing anything else but just functioning. I'm not going towards that situation. And then watch what happens in the mind when, you, when you're kind of weaning yourself off from it. But it has to come out of your awareness that somebody else sets it up for you then, then it's, it's, 
it's not subjective enough. It needs to be very, very subjective. I don't think this works so well if you don't have a, a strong awareness practice. Uh, awareness practice means you probably feel more like crap uh, and you're less likely to cover up that with some kind of idea about I shouldn't feel that way or I'm feeling better. Uh, sometimes Buddhism is looked at as nihilism. It's not nihilism. It's just looking at negativity, just looking at the negativity that, that is uh, first words out of the Buddha's mouth, as far as we know, was life is suffering. He didn't say part time. It's necessary to understand what that is. It is, it is not nihilism. It's just the truth. You have nerve endings uh, in all of the six sense fields, including the mind. And, uh, and we have no way of uh, knowing when they're going to be trampled. When you create those forms for yourself, mm -hmm. um, you just trust in yourself that that is a going to be a helpful, that's not just a cop-out or whatever, it's, it's a helpful... So, all, all, every one of those you said is a lamination. A helpful form is a lamination. A cop-out is a lamination. Do nothing with it. Just the form. Be, be, uh, be uh, helpless from the point of view of ego. The feeling of helplessness may not be exactly helpless. The wisdom mind has to has to arise somehow, and it's going to have to arise in, in right in front of the, the ego, the self-centeredness. It takes a lot of uh, the conventional word is courage to really look into your mind. I don't know if it can be done without some kind of strong awareness, sit down, hold still. Look at this over and over and over. Look at the thoughts without adding, subtracting, dividing. Do no math at all. Just observe. And it, uh, depending on the karma that's arising as your uh, form, incarnation, um, may stay cloudy for weeks, months, years. Do it anyway. What else are you going to do? You have no, the only one, the next, the most important event is your birth. The next one is your death. This is called a bardo. This is an intermediate state. It's called your life. This is not the last one. This goes on and on and forever. There is no forever. That's kind of an exaggeration. It goes on. And there's no guarantee of anything. No guarantee of another lifetime. Precious human birth. Don't ignore this. More? Who was it that came in the back door? <laughs> What's it? Yes. Yeah, that's another way of saying uh, protecting the the self-centeredness, the the imputed or or uh, believed in self or ego that feels threatened. So yeah, we we make up stuff about something if it feels threatened and it's why would it feel threatened because it's not real so you don't have to get rid of ego because it's not real you just, if you just see that it's unreal then you it's amazing you just suddenly all the space opens up and you can function you're no longer afraid of your neurosis you're no longer afraid of anything you're willing to die any minute if the causes and conditions come up for it's time for you to go i'm not saying you wouldn't think oh <laughs> you probably would darn I wanted to stay around, you know. I was just getting ready to get some good and plenties <laughs> out of the glove box. Now I'm dying. More? 
think it's being shielded from something. And this doesn't mean go the other way and try to rip everything apart and get down and make darn sure we see that we're not real. Take your time. And take a lot of time on the cushion. Of, of all the practices I've done, and I've done a few, especially very complicated practices, may need to do those. Uh, the, the way it looks is just you just need to sit down, hold still, and watch the neurosis come and go. Watch the craziness come and go comes and then it hangs around then we impute or we make up stuff about it here it comes again or this doesn't feel very good or we might not have a name or we might have a name we might call it anxiety as soon as soon as you call it here here's the what you're feeling and as soon as you label it anxiety then you you stop looking at it now you're looking at the idea of anxiety or depression this doesn't mean to stop doing that. Just be aware that you do that. But if you're aware that you do it, then, then there's some more breathing room. Then you can kind of you can kind of see what you're covering up. I mean, you could actually move it back a little bit, peek around the corner. You'd say, ah, that's look at the texture of that. Look at the texture. Carpeting. It's like looking at carpeting and not knowing what it is. You said earlier, feel the feeling. I don't know if it was aggression or whatever, but feel the feeling, don't act on it. But it seems like if your hand is on a hot stove, the action comes out of that without even, it's like a reflex. So how can you feel the feeling and not go into the action on purpose when it happens so fast? Well, there's just different levels of it, obviously. Maybe not so obvious, but burnt. that's a, a reaction to nerve endings. You don't have time to think about it. You need to get out of there. But there's other forms where there's more, much more distance around that and more time to, to buy into some kind of propaganda about what you should do and shouldn't do and how to keep control and how to not lose face, how not to be embarrassed. So if you, you know, if you ever put your hand on a stove and had a lot of people watch you and not want to remove it because it'll look like you made a mistake. <laughs> I mean, uh, oh, yeah, I meant to do that. I was always checking out hot, hot plates. You know, it's usually only Leos that do that. Are you a Leo? Yeah. yeah. How many Leos have we got up here? <laughs> yeah, and so that's enough. I mean, everybody has some kind of pride. I'm just, I'm just uh, kidding, the Leos. I'm kidding you. Not exactly. <laughs> we all have a kind of pride. A different. We all operate with that. You know, everybody. If you do use astrology, which I'm not going to go into that any more than this, but everybody has Leo somewhere in that chart. If you look at a chart, sometimes it's the Moon. Sometimes it's the rising sign. Sometimes it's the third house cusp. On and on and on. So pride is everybody has it. It just shows up differently. They don't want to look bad. How do you think I feel? I get up here and I'm talking, and I know everybody's making up stuff about me. <laughs> I kind of like him, but he's talked a lot. <laughs> Seems like he's kind of a know-it-all. <laughs> As as uh, was once told to me, and I, I tend to agree with it. If you if, you're, if you know you're a fool, 
If you know you're a fool, then no one can make make a fool of you because you're already a fool. So you're already nobody. Further questions? I hope. Um, with something like addiction or um, aggression is another one where there's an obvious outcome, like I'm creating suffering and I want to do something about it. Mm -hmm. um, how do we go? Um, and I think addiction is a good one. Um, I'm really aware of that, but how do I go deeper into that? Uh, there's this deeper down spinning that I just can't see. Small forms, a little bit at a time, you know, because you've already you've been meditating for years. You've already tried to work with that. We've talked about this before. You've tried to work with it in different ways. And it doesn't seem to, to work by setting up boundaries and borders and things like that. It seems to be, be necessary for the awareness to see more clearly what you're actually doing. To actually see more deeply into this is not working. I mean, the big picture of this is not working. You know, you, it, it's, uh, it affects your relationship, affects your career, affects your, and it will get worse. I mean, when I'm, I'm not promising anything, but you're a young man. As you get older, people who have those kinds of things, they, they tend to tend to get more difficult. So small forms, set up a small form. We've talked about that earlier. And do it with awareness. Don't do it with control. Uh, and I'm not saying you couldn't possibly do it with control, but I wouldn't recommend it. Um, and even if you succeeded in breaking that, it's it sets up a precedent for controlling everything. So better to fail at control and succeed with awareness. No one succeeds. If someone succeeds, then there's some kind of control, some kind of pride happening. Yes. Um, but even with something like ag aggression, where um, outwardly my aggression has diminished um, because of awareness, but now I have a lot of like negative self-talk or um, it just gets manifested in different ways. So it seems like I haven't quite seen that situation. And I'm wondering, how can I? How can I go deeper into Two it? Two things. You ready? Uh, yeah. Yes. Okay. So once I say this, I don't want you to figure it out or add on to it. Or, or But if you do, notice what arises when I say these two things. Just notice what arises in your mind. More sitting or block sitting and more contact with Sangha. Those are the two. There's a reason that the formula coming from ancient times is the Buddha, the Dharma and the Sangha. The Buddha's, uh, I'm not the Buddha, obviously, but I'm all you got. I, I can talk. <laughs> and the Buddha's gone. So I met two Buddhas, one from Japan, one from Tibet. So and I'm here, and so I'm uh, kind of a stand-in. And what I'm talking about is uh, my understanding of the Dharma. It's always fresh, just like baked bread. I just bake this bread, and here it is, although it's very low-carb bread. What's the last one? The Buddha, the Dharma, the Sangha community. Very important to, to work with other people who are also training their minds or are wired totally differently than you are. Much easier to make friends with the Sangha than the rest of the rest of the world is really crazy. Sangha is crazy enough. Even my teacher, uh, my Japanese Zen master, Kobanchina Roshi, when someone asked him once, uh, so Koban, how would you how would you define the Sangha? And he said, it's a garbage pit. 
<laughs> and he was one of the sweetest people you'd ever meet, but he was very clear about that. And what does he mean? It just means there's a lot of complication there, a lot of, lot of difficulty, a lot of jealousy, warfare, just, you know, we're here, here. These are people who are actually Buddhists or are actually dedicated to this path of awareness, and we have difficulty with them. And that's because our the way we show up is really obvious to the to someone else who is also doing this, and they're likely to give you a hard time, even if they don't want to. It's a big family. Small forms, yes. What is deep meditation? Pardon me. What is deep meditation? Uh, opposite of shell. <clears throat> Do we want shallow meditation? We want both. The, the whole idea of deep and shallow is somewhat beside the point if you've been sitting for a long time. And uh, eventually you don't go anywhere. You know, there's, there's no depth to anything. Everything is right here. Always. There, there isn't anything else but this. If you think there is, you'll suffer. Because you'll look for something else around the corner. And your your desire, your passion, aggression... Ignoring your confusion will, will get you to think there's something else. There isn't anything else. What is a, mm-hmm. No, you. What is a strong meditator? I don't know. What do you think? Been meditating for 20, 30 years, haven't you? I don't know. <laughs> don't you sit still, sit down and hold still and watch stuff? Yeah. That's meditation. Is there a time to determine that you're a strong meditator? Yeah, I wouldn't worry about it. Um, I'll, I'll help you. You're a strong meditator. <laughs> <laughs> Just saying. I'm a weak meditator. You're strong. I don't even know how to meditate. Is ego a lamination? Yes. So as as we are on this path, is it helpful to um, have some kind of a reminder that of that that ego is a lamination? I mean, like a little saying or something that when it arises, we add to it. I guess is that helpful? I think you're already doing it. Or just the awareness of that. You could have a slogan or something. Uh, there's lots of slogans. That, that, that point to that situation. And, and each, if you study, uh, each person is going to have one they like or that fits them more than others. Like uh, the one, uh, uh, the verse uh, that, uh, uh, do you have that verse memorized from Basubandhu? The, what, the three natures? Yeah. What is it? You want me to say that? Yeah. The constant state of not being found. Okay, stop. Okay, the constant state, constant state of not being found. Constant state of not being found. Not being found. Now go ahead. Of how it appears. Of how it appears. Constant state of not being found. Of how it appears. And that which appears. And that which appears. This, this, this. Can be known as the fulfilled own being. 
can be can be known as ultimate nature, fulfilled own being. It's just another way of saying ultimate truth. Buddha uh, nature, Tathagata Garbha, Dharmata, all the fancy words that have been used down through the centuries to point out the ultimate nature of reality. The constant state of not being found. You can't find reality. You are not separate from reality. An eye can't see itself. Go look in the mirror. Find out who that is. So that would be a way. Another way is, uh, depending on your relationship, uh, another slogan from uh, Atisha's Seven Points of Mind Training is, uh, of the two, keep the principal witness. In other words, of yourself and everyone else, only you really know what this is. Only you. There isn't anybody but you. Surprise. You think there's other people? There isn't. What was it Jean-Paul Sartre said? Hell is other people. No, I would say hell is thinking there's other people. Blame. There isn't, there isn't anything but the Buddha. And that Buddha is arising in your consciousness all the time. And you ignore it. Don't do it. And how do you, how do you don't do it? Take it to the wall. Sit down, hold still. Find out who you are. Make friends with this. Make friends with this energy rather than trying to fight it or stop it or control it or do anything with it. Make friends with it. If you're really friends with it, then, then you, there isn't any mistakes. Further questions? We have a particular uh, repetitive pattern of language, say analysis. So something comes up, can't look at it without labeling yes. and analyzing. If we can stay with the lamination, what, does that dissolve? At, if we won't matter. Attention. It does, if you're looking for for it to dissolve, then you're giving it some kind of credibility that something you can get rid of. Can't, it's not about getting rid of anything. It's about including. Include that. Include the neurosis. Include. It's only about being aware of that. It's not about getting rid of it. What happens is the analysis uh, takes on its own little uh, autonomy as being some kind of a, an authority. And the ego mind thinks that, it's, uh, that it has the tool of analysis. We don't want to get rid of analysis. We might have to use analysis a lot. But in this particular situation... And don't add on and don't say, there I go again. Do nothing with it. Just be aware. And how does it feel to be aware? Confused. As has been said, I'm saying now, the Buddha did not awaken to a wonderful uh, heaven realm or dream landscape. The Buddha awoke to suffering, intense suffering and intense confusion that was everywhere, all over. And, and, and his seeing that was his awakening. That's why he said, life is suffering. The cause is wanting things to be different than they are. More. So if there's something that we're covering up with that particular lamination that is important to be aware, for yeah. us to be aware of, how will we become aware of that again? Just, just look at the, uh, the analysis without really giving it a, a name in particular. As long as you keep looking at it, eventually the name will slide away and what it is will keep showing up. 
and what keeps showing up is not separate from what it's covering up, but you have to see that. We impute the separation, but actually it's just more of the same. It's more uh, laminations. Like when you ask, is uh, ego a lamination? Yeah, it's the, it's the primary lamination. We think there is somebody that can be, that can win, somebody that can lose, somebody that can be threatened, somebody that can get ahead, somebody that's better, somebody that's worse. We think there is someone. Just because there's a, a physical form with uh, the six sense fields and their objects. But not exactly. Ego is a lamination, and what's the laminator? Fear. Fear lamination. Mm. How does conspiracy? Go ahead. How does fear laminate itself? Damn, if I know. Confusing. Find out. You wouldn't believe me if I told you, and I wouldn't want you to believe me. I would say it, and I would say, don't believe a thing I say, and you'd be stuck. Is this lamination self-arising? Everything is self-arising. It's like talking to a gerbil. <laughs> oh, it's not. <laughs> See, believe me for a minute. Uh, uh, oh, I almost got it. Yes, it is. Bosker from Houston has a question. Bosker. If I'd have known Bosker was watching, I would have tried to. Use some Sanskrit. No, I wouldn't. He could say, as a Bhaskar could say, what she said in Sanskrit. And that's not a compliment, Bhaskar. Go ahead. Ready? Could you please link the noticing, not noticing meditation with recognizing laminations? Very good. So the noticing, not noticing, they're the same thing. They're, they're, they're two, two aspects of the same thing, just like night and day. It's two aspects of two words for the same thing. Life and death, two words for the same thing. So noticing, not noticing. It, when, the awareness, uh, when the awareness is king, when the awareness is royalty, when the awareness is queen, when the awareness, 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 then then there isn't any separation. There isn't any. There's no up, down, back, forth, night, day, unless there is. And then it's still not separate. It needs to be realized. Oh, that's a that's not really a cardinal. I just laminated cardinal on top of a red ribbon tied to a tree. <laughs> That would really be funny if it flew away. <laughs> Took the tree with it.
question. Earlier you said, I can't remember the precursor, but you said it's not motivation, it's a deep understanding. I did? Yeah, I think you did. What's your question? So if there's a deep understanding, is there motivation? Like no. the, as in the vow? No, that would be gone. If there's understanding that there's not even anything to stand under, it's gone. Everything is gone. It's called emptiness. Uh, basic teaching of uh, Buddha or Buddhism is uh, that everything is empty of what you think it is. Everything is empty of what you impute, what you imagine, what you assign. Everything is empty of that. Are you flirting with me? <laughs> Go ahead. So if if there's deep understanding and there's no motivation, why? how is it helpful to use things to lean on motivation or aspiration? Well, you're, you're asking question, ultimate kinds of questions. So I, I can give you relative answers. I can give you ultimate answers. Which, which kind do you want? Choose. Both. At the same time? Yeah. Dogen. I'm not Dogen. <laughs> Ask, uh, paraphrase your question. I'll, I'll try. You say often not separate or something like there is no motivation, but at the same time, and no control, but at the same time, we use structures that give the illusion of control. So? So how can we not control and use the pretext concept of control. I'm not sure what you're driving at. How can we not do what? We're kind of um, training and getting hooked on the very idea of control that we're trying to see through. Okay. So that's the path. In the path, uh, there's the ground, which is suffering or difficulty, or, you know, you wouldn't be here if you didn't have some kind of a difficulty more than likely. I mean, you might you might drop in and say, oh, I'll check this out and then never come back again. And that would be that would be your would be fine. No, nothing to correct. But there's a ground path information. So the ground is the suffering. The path is training the awareness to see clearly what you've been misunderstanding about your life and your world. Simply put, and the fruition is seeing that And once that happens, there isn't anything to do. There's nothing. There's no meditation. No, there isn't anything unless you're someone asks for your help. And then, of course, it's like if your hand asks you for your help, you're going to help your hand. You wouldn't ignore anything. You wouldn't, you wouldn't ignore it. It's just a simple metaphor, but it's like there isn't anything that isn't you. So it's, it may look like you're generous or kind or benevolent or something, but if you're operating out of awareness itself, then... It's not even a, not even a, a, cho a chore to save all beings, help help others. It's just something you you naturally find yourself doing. Didn't answer the question, did I? Pretty sneaky. <laughs> Further questions? Anyone that hasn't asked a question, please 
step out and say stuff. No? Thank you. I got one last one. Certainly. Um, if fear is the laminator, how do we become fearless? Uh, well, very literally, you have to look at, at who is afraid. If there's someone who has something to lose or something to gain. So fearlessness is, uh, uh, is to first understand what hopelessness is. If you have hope, there's going to be fear because they're, they're together. I'm not saying you shouldn't hope that somebody hasn't stolen your car it's out in the parking lot. I'm not saying those that kind of level, but to buy into some kind of a other hope. I hope everything, you know, I hope uh, uh, Reagan doesn't get a, a, a voted in again. <laughs> you know, hope that doesn't happen. You can hope, you can do that, but but seeing that that's a, those are two things. So if you're completely hopeless, you're completely a fool. Then, the, then everything is available. You no longer have any. You're no longer protecting yourself against anything. So you're fearless because there's there's because you know that who you are can't be destroyed, can't be harmed. What as it says in uh, what is it? Uh, uh, has anybody studied the Course in Miracles? Yeah. So it says, "What is real is not threatened." That's probably the best line in the whole book. What is real? What is really? Definitely important and real. It's not threatened, but that's not a thought you think about it that you try to convince yourself of. But don't convince yourself of anything. Just be aware. Sit down, hold still. Be aware. Whatever's happening, include include. No more exclusion of anything. Mm -hmm. If ego causes us suffering, why does it exist? <clears throat> Well, it's uh, causes and conditions have been arising since beginning of this time, and uh, you could you could take it back, and uh, some attribution could be just like two animals fighting over food or something. It's it's you know uh, tied in with the whole uh, uh, the uh, instead of realizing our ultimate nature, we we tend to go down towards our physical life and hope and fear. You know, and we want want to get ahead, and we know when somebody else is getting something, we want it. And it ties right into our desires, and you know, just for something simple like food or, or being warm. And that just keeps uh, culturally, that just keeps playing out and playing out and playing out. And in a few areas, uh, a few individuals will begin to see the fundamental nature of what this is. Indigenous uh, people in this country saw this. And so therefore, they were, they were a spiritual. Mo mo I, mean, I don't know, all of them were, but a lot of them were. Uh, People in different places begun to realize that, and they they try to help others and teach others. And sometimes they get murdered, and other times they, depending on the causes and conditions, make, make what happened three uh, thirteen lifetimes before they started to see that. So everything is dependently arisen. Is that helpful to you? Okay, so it's just nobody's to blame. It's just this happens. We want this. We don't. Life is suffering. Uh, and why is it suffering? Because of desire or wanting things to be different than they are. In other words, we want food, simply put. And then that gets, it just becomes a big elaboration of the whole thing, all of it culturally and everything. And so everybody wants something else, wants something they don't have. And if you give them, if, you, if somebody gets what they want, I mean, you all know that if you get what you want, then you actually didn't want exactly that. You wanted a blue and not a purple one. More? 
Further questions? Thank you very much. <laughs>